the uh, quartet uh, from Anchorman 2. Will Ferrell, Steve Carell, Dave Koechner, Paul Rudd. Houston Oilers, Houston Oilers number one. Rain Wilson here on the Rich Eisen podcast. How are you? Is that is that the twelfth man? Have you, you been in that stadium? Uncanny. Your ears literally bleed. They should hand out like ear tampons. <laughs> uh, at lt underscore twenty one. Do you follow me on Twitter? Uh oh. The headsets are coming off. I know you're known for your lateral movement, but don't you leave just yet. When you spoke to the commissioner, Roger the, Roger the Goods Goodell, when he comes down the hallway, everyone goes, here comes the Here goods. comes the Goods. Here comes right? the Goods. He is Vince Vaughn. How are you, Vince? I got to tell you, I did take David Wilson early in my fantasy draft. Uh-huh. Who but, else uh, is on your fantasy team? I'm in an 18-man league. We call it a man's league, Rich. And, uh... <laughs> Awesome. NFL. NFL. Completely. Come yourself. Where's Jerry Jones? Grab the hot trophy. Grab the hot trophy. Jerry Jones did it. Houston Oilers number one. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us. I'm Richard Eisen. I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen podcast. Here's your host. Rich Eisen. Hey everybody, it's training camp season. Rich Eisen calling you from Renton, Washington, home of the defending champion Seattle Seahawks. I am physically standing in the end zone of one of their two practice facilities in this beautiful, beautiful suburb of Seattle, Washington on a beautiful day. Uh, my, my two Chris's are back freezing their behinds off in the makeshift podcast studio in uh, in the red zone studio, that soon will that soon be fired up. But right now, you're you're in, you're freezing your bush, your touch your tushies off in, in Hansonville. Correct? I don't know if so it's possible, the- Rich, but I think it's gotten colder since last okay. week's episode. Has it really? Yeah, we That's had really? we had a third body in here, so that ninety eight point six was raising the overall room temperature. And nah, without you here, <laughs> it's coming down. Well, I've been accused many times of phoning stuff in in my career, but literally I'm doing that right now. Yes, you are. Because, uh, I mean, we don't have any – I guess I could have been sitting on Seahawks team cam and done some of this potentially. But uh, at any rate, I'm phoning in. Now I'm standing on the five-yard line because I pace a lot. Uh, but I'm in the midst of uh, a three-camp, four-day tour to kick off training camp season. Um, I'm taping this – we're taping this on a Friday – um, of the opening week of training camp. Is this the and first I'm, ever walk and talk in the history of the podcast? It could be. It's certainly the first ever phone and walk and talk I've ever done <laughs> as hosting a show, I guess. But, um, I'm, I'm, yes, so the answer is this is groundbreaking stuff, boys. <laughs> what, was the, uh, stuff. what was the impetus for you? Because you don't normally go out to training camp like no, this. No, you know what I mean? It's a perfect story, too. I just... When I first started on SportsCenter back in 96, right, and I was 26 years old and everything was a joke, everything was a gag, and (laughs) I would just sit up there on the set and just, you know, just tee off and just say whatever I wanted to say just because it was funny, right? I remember those days. Yeah, that's what I did. And (laughs) so I I, I remember saying to the, the powers that be there saying, I'd like to go on the road. You know, I'd like to, you know, after having been on the Sports Center set for almost a year, I'm like, you know, I'd like to now go out on the road and see what it's like, you know, as an ESPN Sports Center guy going for these games. And they sent me uh, my first assignment on the road for ESPN back in the day was, I believe, in the fall of 97, 
could have been either of the fall of 96. could have been just a few months that I was on the air there. And I went to the old Boston Garden, and the Celtics were hosting the soon-to-be 60-win Seattle Sonics. Okay. Coached by George Carl. Right. And I walked into the locker room, and there was the surly Gary Payton and the surly Sean Kemp. And they were all these guys were just staring daggers through me. And I remember sitting there thinking to myself, like, oh, gosh, what have I said on SportsCenter Uh-oh. over the past few weeks <laughs> and months that I might be regretting right now by showing my face in here? And it was a great lesson that certainly for studio folks, getting out on the road and showing your face is a necessary part of this job, you know? And certainly with the Seahawks, where I am right now, their Thursday night games this fall are, are both on NBC. They're on uh, the kickoff, where they're going to be kicking off the season. Um, I think, what is it, five or six weeks ago yesterday, uh, six weeks from yesterday, <clears throat> Uh, against Green Bay, and then Thanksgiving night against San Francisco, in San Francisco. So I'm not going to see them. I'm not going to see this team this year. I think I think the Seahawks and Lions are the only ones uh, in the NFL that aren't going to. So I wanted to see them um, and so inside training camp instead of just sitting in the studio going to something. yesterday and um, chatting Wes Welker and John Foundations on this show. Along uh, with Russell Wilson and Pete Captured Sherman, who's not. Hey guys, uh, podcast producer Chris Law here. I'm going to interrupt the podcast here. I had to cut out the remaining part of the open portion of our podcast. Uh, looks like we had a, a bad sound card, and as you could tell there from the last. Uh, 30 seconds or so, Rich's voice kept skipping uh, every so often. We don't have the ability to, to know that that's happening in real time. Uh, so as I was uh, putting the podcast together and listening back, I, I noticed a uh, corrupt file. And looks like there's nothing we can do about it. Um, being in the temporary studio we're in, we don't have a backup record here. So unfortunately, uh, I'm going to have to advance you guys to the Russell Wilson interview. Um, didn't miss too much. We talked for another three minutes or so. Just some of the things we did hit on, though, were um, the Marshawn Lynch holdout in Seattle and, and the impact of that uh, with Robert Turbin, Christine, or Christian Michael getting some more carries, um, and the fact that Lynch is also getting fined $30,000 a day that he's holding out. And after six days, the Seahawks had the right um, to recoup or go after some of that signing bonus money. Um, A little fun anecdote that came up as well during this is uh, if you noticed Rich yesterday at Broncos training camp, um, he was wearing a polo. And from working with Rich now for the past four years and uh, producing shows with him, uh, he does not like to wear polos. And uh, I tried to get him to wear a polo for our mock draft show. Uh, He did it begrudgingly. Um, and he just doesn't like the look of it. He's opposed to it, whatever. So he made a good, uh, he called him uh, Buck and Cutter golf shirt references, and it's, uh, it's, it's Cutter and Buck. And the only reason I mention this is later in the show when we come back and during the close, uh, you'll hear that referenced again. Um, but with it being cut out, that won't make any sense to you guys. So, um, again, apologies for that. We don't normally have to do this because uh, everything runs pretty smoothly, but uh, that's, uh, that's how it is sometimes. So here it is. You're going to hear Rich's interview with Russell Wilson. Uh, we'll come back on, follow that up, and then get into the Peyton Manning and some of the other interviews uh, from the past few days of training camp. Uh, enjoy, guys. How has uh, Marshawn Lynch's 
even just the first day of his holdout, how, how has that affected the team in your estimation? Well, we, we all love Marshawn, and we all want him here, obviously. He's one of the best players in the National Football League. Uh, at the end of the day, though, it gives a great opportunity to Robert Turbin, uh, you know, a guy that, you know, he's actually my roommate when we travel on the road, but a guy who's so uh, mentally into it every day. And he's a very talented running back. He'll do a great job for us when he steps in. He has before uh, for Marshawn. And, and then Christian uh, Michael, young guy who hasn't played yet, but has tons of talent. Uh, obviously, we want Marshawn back. Um, you know, we, we, uh, we, we believe that he's a great player for us, and he makes so many plays. Um, but the guys sometimes have to step up. And, and uh, that idea of competition, that idea of being ready all the time, uh, is definitely uh, in the mix right now. That's Russell Wilson in a nutshell right there. I mean, he sounded like a coach talking about wanting to just go 1-0 every week and just keeping it focused on what they need to do just to win a certain game. Um, and he is he's a legendary film watcher. As I, as I, you know, we knew that about him from when he was drafted out of Wisconsin. Yeah. You remember, we, remember when we tried to get him on the kickoff show yeah. in, 2013, in 2012? Remember that? He was on the 2012 kickoff show that we did. Mm-hmm. And it was difficult to get him because he was – we got back from the, the Seahawks that he was in the film room all the time. That's right. That's yeah. right. Remember that? That's yeah. That's and, true. and that we had basically like a 15-minute window to, to land the Russell Wilson <laughs> right. plane before he was – I think it was against Atlanta because we had, uh, we had Tony Gonzalez as a guest on that show. So he's always done that. So you just know that he just wants to get better and better and better. And that's part of also the Marshawn Lynch situation that's going on here. Because they're going to need to save some money for him after we saw what Colin Kaepernick just made. Oh, Russell's going to cash in. I mean, Russell's got a Super Bowl already. He's going to cash in. I mean, he's making $662,000 this year, and I saw some report where he, him and Andrew Gluck are going to be up at the same time, and they could be in the 20 to 25 per year range. Million. Well, I mean, I'm looking at these stats. You know, the research provides you all these numbers, our great research staff for when you go out on the road. Uh, you know, he, he has more wins in his first two years than any quarterback in, in, the, in the last uh, 70 years. Wow. <laughs> and he, he, he is off the charts. And uh, in a conversation we'll play later with Pete Carroll, yeah, I mean, you could hear in his voice to have that guy as your, the extension of your mantra within your team. It's a dream come true. Yeah, did you see? And, uh, uh, I'm sure you saw some of those pieces they were airing during inside training camp of uh, Russell and the guys down in Manhattan Beach practicing, yeah. and him, you know, pulling Turban and all those guys together, and basically running a practice like a coach uh, for 13 to 16 guys in the Seahawks that all came. I didn't know. Also, as he said in, the, in his uh, in, the, in the conversation, that Turban was is his roommate on the road. Huh. That's right. So and so he uh, clearly, if he's going to have to be the primary. Rock Carrier, he's got a he's got a roommate to help him get ready for those road games. Yeah, you know. Could you imagine before. being Russell Wilson's roommate? Like you must. Oh, you got You better make your bed. Right. I imagine you, you best not have your, four your four corners all tucked. Like, but you don't tuck shoes neatly aligned. You don't tuck the sheets though, right? All football, all the time. I don't do hospital corners, no. No, yeah, you can't go hospital corners. I need my feet to breathe, you know. Oh, really? I'm nice and tucked. Oh, no, no, no. My no. dad was in the military, man. My bed is neatly tucked I can stand to kick out those, those sheets wow. all the time. I think this is a, a, a mirror into both your personalities as a whole. <laughs> how, you, yeah. how you have your sheets says a lot about you as a man. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Let's, let's go back and forth on this one. Let's, yeah. let's go now to my conversation with, uh, with Peyton Manning. 
the uh, the MVP quarterback of the Denver Broncos. He's the five-time most valuable player of the National Football League. Peyton. Manning. Hey, Rich. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for being here. No, you know what? I, I figured it's a nice day. It's only 90 degrees. I'll just come out here and see what's. <laughs> I'd kick the tires and what's going on around here. Well, we're glad to have you. So, what is going on around here for for the Broncos coming off of a season that you just came off of? Just starting a macro question. Well, yeah, we're excited to get back uh, into the swing of training camp, and uh, that means football season's close. Mm -hmm. And uh, we got some new players this year, and um, uh, some draft choices. Obviously, it's a great chance to evaluate them and get some work with them, and work with guys like Emmanuel Sanders and you know, obviously to compete against Tlaib and DeMarcus Ware and TJ, some of our new defensive acquisitions. What I like about training camp, Rich, is that you get to compete against the starting defense every single day. You get into the regular season and you go against the starting defense some, but you're going against the scout team predominantly. And so this is a great way to improve your, uh, improve your skills. Uh, you know, throwing one-on-one -on -one against Keeb Tlaib every day, I promise you that'll make you better. Yes, well, what, what about your preparation coming into the training camp? Uh, Greg Knapp said that the first thing you guys did when you were able to meet was to watch for the first time the film of the Super Bowl. Well, we did, did that back in the spring, yeah. So, you know, you had two parts to your offseason, kind of the spring part of it, and now uh, we're into the, you know, to the fall, uh, um, you know, two-a-days training camp. So, um, yeah, we've, we feel like during the spring two, uh, OTA session, you go through all the film from last year and study yourself from last year, things that worked well, things that didn't work well. You put those into a plan, and now it's time to kind of, you know, form your 2014 identity. So I thought we had a good spring, uh, studied ourselves, uh, or self-critical, uh, tried to make some improvements, and hopefully we can, you know, be better for that work this season. What was that like for you to watch that footage for the first time? Well, you just watch it and you study it and you try to learn from it. You know, that's what you have to do, I think. So what is it, what keeps you going? This is your 17th year coming in, Peyton. What, what, is, what is the fire that burns within that keeps you doing the same thing? Well, I enjoy the game. I've always, you know, had, a, uh, I guess, a passion for football. I think it's the, it's the ultimate team game. Uh, I, I know, I'm sure other athletes will uh, make their point of why their sport is the best sport, but uh, I'd like to be on that panel discussion uh, arguing for why football is the best one. So I feel fortunate to be able to play it, and uh, I've been uh, fortunate to play with some great teammates and uh, uh, get coached by some really good coaches and um, play in front of some, some great fans. And uh, it's uh, disappointing here today that we don't have uh, right. fans uh, uh, out here. Fans can keep a player going, especially during training camp, that motivation and sure. due to our construction. Our fans can't be here. So, yeah, lots of those reasons. Uh, I, I still enjoy the preparation part of it. I enjoy working with the young players, uh, trying to get on the same page with them. And I still feel like I can make a contribution. I feel like if I ever don't enjoy the work part of it and, and can't help if I'm just kind of in the way, then I guess that's probably when you stop doing it. Are you thinking about that at all? I'm not, you know, because I, I still enjoy it and I still feel like I can make a contribution. So the uh, only time I think about it is when I'm asked that question. Okay. Yeah. So what? how has being a father changed you? How has parenthood changed you at all? Well, I think uh, obviously it's, it provides a great perspective. Uh, and uh, 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 when you go home after practice, you know, you can uh, stop thinking about that practice. And uh, when, you, when you have some time, uh, with your children, and uh, I've, uh, it's the best thing that's ever happened to, to me and Ashley, and uh, thankful and grateful every day for, for both our children. So imagine it makes you more patient on the job because nothing tries your patience more than I've I, I worked to be uh, more patient throughout my career. I think as a quarterback, <laughs> patience uh, helps. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, I, I think that's 
that's a that's a good quality, I guess, as a parent, and hopefully a pretty good quality for a quarterback as well. Lastly, the the Omaha stuff. Uh, we in the media, as you know, we're we're sort of fixated, right? Yeah, on that. Has anybody approached you? from the business point of view, asking if that space is for rent. <laughs> I've had a number of uh, solicitations via mail, mm -hmm. uh, conversations. A lot of cities, mm -hmm. you know, like to get their city sure. into it. Tourism a, lot of, a lot of websites. A lot of websites. Like .com? Yeah, like you could get a, you could, we could get a launch. You know, we could, we could, it could really help spread the word on this mm -hmm. particular website. If mm -hmm. I could just find a way to get that in. Right. Um, you know, Rich, it's, you know, the thing they don't understand, it's, it's I, I don't know who came up with Omaha. I think a line coach probably did years ago. Mm -hmm. And it's been out there for a number of teams, a number of years. The, the, the mics are turned up louder sure they than are. they ever have. Mm -hmm. That's what brings it to, um, to uh, it's brought so much attention to it. But it, it needs to be a three-syllable word. I mean, you know, Rich Eisen said Rich that, that Eisen could work. Is yeah, so that, well, that would I mean, probably help your Twitter followers. Yes, well, because it is at Rich Eisen. Well, yeah, you know, but, I mean, you're, but, you're but Rich brand, Eisen being, being, the, being the three-syllable is the key word. And well, so some people, you know, Tennessee, you know, is always there for the I, taking. I, I like you know? Rich Eisen better, yeah, so okay. I wouldn't hold your breath on okay. it. Um, but uh, to start the 2014 season, I'm, uh, I'm going with Omaha. Okay. Well, I'll uh, still I'm, follow the Broncos season closely. Thank you. Um, thank Peyton, you. thanks. Hey, Rich. Thank you, you, you very much. That is Peyton Manning embarking on his 17th National Football League campaign right here. Let's be honest. The headline of that conversation is, what if he does? <laughs> Say your name during Say Rich <laughs> at the line of scrimmage. <laughs> Just once. I thought you were maybe going to. I don't think he'll do it. I don't think there's any chance on this green earth he'll do it. Three syllables. Said, don't hold your breath. But come on. I, look, I like how you could have pushed for maybe a, a Cooper because he has a brother and your your son is Cooper. Yeah, but that's Sander, only two syllables. No, no, that's just two syllables. But it's you, only two syllables. It's got to be the three. But Rich just Don't wanted to hear his own name. Bus. Don't throw me under the bus with my family, my, my wife and children, by not suggesting my son's name. Yeah. All my kids are two-syllable names. That's true. And, you, and, and by throwing the last name, that's four syllables. It's too many. First yeah. names are too few, and, and first and last are too many. I like it. Rich Eisen. Uh, Rich, Rich Eisen. Eisen. Perfect. It flows. Uh, look, I'm going to go out on a limb and say th there's a small shot here that he does this. No, there's no chance. No chance? Dude, he's all business. He is all yeah, but business. Week, even even week one on preseason? Field, when he steps on the football even then, because every snap in the preseason means getting better. Every snap. On the practice field means you're doing something to get better. Rich, you got your influence with the Broncos organization. You were on their draft I board. I know. Exactly. I hear you. I hear you. But there's, I don't think there's any chance. <laughs> I liked, uh, I liked what, what, you, what you guys talked about whenever you said, you know, what, what can you take out of this and learn here? And, he, you know, how he was saying in the regular season, you never really practice against your first team D. It's always the scout D. But here in training camp, it's the ones versus the ones. Yep. And, uh, he's, the he's, the, he's, he's the best. He knows exactly, to be honest with you, he knows exactly what the media is looking for in conversations. Yeah. He's, he's, he's Belichickian in that regard, except that in, with Belichick, Belichick won't give you. He'll know what you want, <laughs> right? but then he won't give it to you, and he'll answer in certain ways to make sure you don't get another question. <laughs> Apparently Peyton he was on fire the other day. Peyton is far more accommodating, although when I did ask him, you know, what, what was it like when you were watching the film of the Super Bowl, you know, uh, he, he didn't really want to answer that question. I think he's ready for people to stop asking that question. I know. Well, I mean, it's never, it's not going to end, certainly, uh, when it comes down to. But listen, I, I, 
the next time I think the NFL Network gets a one-on-one conversation with him will be if we're if we're fortunate before the uh, the, the Thursday night game with him and in, in uh, uh, at home against San Diego. Yeah, a repeat a rematch of the same matchup in the same stadium that that week 15 season finale of Thursday night football last year. Yep, where the Chargers won, and you know I'm excited to I, see Emmanuel Sanders in that offense. Week three, Denver at Seattle. They play in the preseason, too. Uh, well, I guess we could talk that up, but yeah, well, <laughs> we could go there. All right, let's go back here to Seattle. Let's, uh, let's talk coaches. Let's talk coaches. Here comes Pete Carroll, my conversation with the coach of the Seahawks. Good to see you, Coach. Uh, I'm glad to be here at, uh, at your, your training camp, your training facility. I, I was with John Elway yesterday in Denver, and I asked him if there was any message I should relay to the Seahawks. And he said... Enjoy the Super Bowl win as long as you possibly can. Keep soaking it in. Keep talking about it. Keep just focusing on the Super John's Bowl. Concerned about Don't you think? Fun. Isn't yeah, that touching? Like that. Yeah, isn't that really touching? I'm, I'm glad that he's concerned for us enjoying it and having fun. I assume we you... try to do all that we can. <laughs> and that's long gone by now. <laughs> I'm I'm wondering where you where your philosophy has been on making sure everybody turns that page and starts focusing on the hearing. Well, now. It, that's already happened. You know, we, we're we're well on our way in that regard. Uh, you know, I think, I think, Rich, our mentality that we've been teaching for a long time fits the situation in that we've always put whatever just happened behind us. And so, uh, and always keep working for that next step that you got to take, the next challenge that's at, at hand and all of that. And so the language and the, and the, the discipline that it takes to focus like that is already in place. Uh, we, that doesn't mean we take it for granted, but we've been talking in the manner to be ready for this opportunity for a long time. And so our guys should handle it well. and, and uh, and it really will show up in, in the workload. You know, are they, are they going after it? And is, is the ethic there, the intensity there that, that we've always counted on? Have you mentioned the word repeating? Have you have you thrown that on the no, table? No, I've at never. All? I'm, in all the years, I've never mentioned that. that. That's that's never been, because I never got into that whole thing about the end result thing. You know, we're not talking. We're talking about tomorrow. The very next day that's right here coming up will, will be our topic all day long today. You know, so we have a great day tomorrow. We had a heck of a good first day, and and uh, we'll try to prepare for another great day tomorrow and just keep marching that way strictly with great discipline to that and, and people talk that way we're trying to be that way and and uh, it's a challenge you know but it, it is discipline that we, we you know that gets us there well the story of the day over here with your practice may have been one thing over here with the media it's Marshawn Lynch not being here yeah. where, where what are your thoughts on the holdout of a guy who was so integral to your offense last year well I'm, I'm disappointed not have him you know we, he's, he's been a big part of our team and we like him around here he's you know he's, he's our guy and, and uh, we miss that he's not here I feel bad that he's not here for him too um, this is a fantastic time to be with us this team is flying and we work so hard they care so much about what we're doing uh, and he's, he's missing out on all that it's by his choice you know we, we rich what we did is we, we put a plan in, in motion uh, years ago to, to build this football team and, and to structure it in a manner that we can maintain a high level of performance and think about winning over a long period of time and Marshawn is a huge part of that. We made a big gesture to him a couple years ago in, in, in his contract and, and he was a big part of that plan and it remains to be. Um, as, as you've seen how active John's been, John Snyder's done a great job of staging these you know these signings as we've gone through it to maintain the level of play and uh, you know Sean's been part of that and right now he's, he's at home and, and has cho- chosen not to come but uh, we're really focused as we would on the guys that are here and, and the guys that have put together a great offseason and we're going to camp and ready to roll. In terms of improving, how much I mean, you see what you did last year and obviously there's always ups and downs in the season when we're picking confetti out of your hair. It's tough for many people from the outside looking in to know how much better you can be. 
but how much better can, well, can you be a, in your estimation? Well, there's a bunch of areas that we can improve. And there, there's you know, the consistency of our play and the, and the consistency of our ability to perform on game day, regardless of where we're playing and who we're playing against. There's always so much room for improvement. We're still such a young team, you know, and we're just, we're just growing together. So um, it, it's important for us to find the consistency on the offensive side of the ball. We always want to run the football. And we want to stay with that thought. We, you know, we've run it over a thousand times the last couple of years, so we're committed to it and we'll, we'll remain there. But we can always run it better. Uh, protecting the quarterback, huge, a huge issue for us. We want to make sure that we're, we're improving there. Russell's going to grow. Our receivers are so young and, and, and spunky. Those guys can make things happen, and we're, we're better there. Um, Anthony McCoy coming back helps our tight end position. He's a real big factor. We missed him all last year. Percy being with us, hopefully, you know, he'll be with us on a regular basis. Right. Huge factor for us. So on that side of the ball. Defensively, uh, we want to make sure that we continue to focus on the pass rush. We've got to keep keep heating it up and keep that thing going to take advantage of the coverage guys on the on the deep end. And uh, on teams our returns are gonna are in question now. Uh, you know, Percy is that kickoff returner. He's he's vying for the punt return job and battling and competing with Earl. Uh, it's going to be a real exciting thing there. So all of those are areas that we can improve on. It's always difficult for my position to ask ultra-competitive people like yourself career questions, but I'm going to do it anyway. Wow. Because we all know your career uh, going from the pros to college, being successful there, and then coming back to the pros. You came back to the pros, and you've won a Super Bowl. You did it. And many people were wondering if you could. And I'm sure you heard those people saying that. Now that you have done it, have you taken a moment to just soak in the fact that you did it Coach. Well, Rich, I, I really appreciate that I had the opportunity to do it. You know, I mean, I didn't know if I'd ever get that chance. I was had a great time at SC, and we loved all the time there. When this chance came up, uh, it was to take the the things that we had built as the foundation of our philosophy and our approach, and see what would happen on this level. See if we take care of people the way we took care of them there. We looked after them and cared so much for them, and see what would happen here in the NFL. And, and uh, the fact that you know four years later you know we're we're, we're Super Bowl champs it, it's a it, it is something I'm very proud of and I'm proud that but I'm most proud I had the opportunity and got the shot to do it uh, you know Paul Allen gave us the opportunity and John and I put this thing together and then we made something happen with it in short order uh, but I came here thinking we could do it you know I came here thinking we would be able to do this and this was we were hoping we could prove it so now that the, the great challenge is, to do it one time is cool and all that, but the great challenge is to come back and show that you can maintain the kind of level of excellence. And it's been very hard around the league in the history of it, and, and uh, it's a great challenge for us. I, I love that same challenge in college. You know, we've been through that before, mm -hmm. and hopefully our language and our approach and, and our mentality will, will, will give us a chance to, you know, be in the fight. And how much is Russell Wilson the tip of that spear for you, just his oh, mentality he, he, being out he, there? He's too. an incredible player on our football team. He's an incredible person. Um, uh, he, he gives us every opportunity. He is a great player. He played great in the Super Bowl. You know, he just played almost an impeccable game in the Super Bowl. Um, I didn't get noticed as much, you know, because of the defense and all the things that happened. Right. But uh, in the most challenging of, you know, of games, uh, he played just like a true pro. And so we come off of that season in, in the last two years of his development and only know that he's going to get better. And he, he's working his tail off again. He's in great shape. He's, you know, he's just a, such a pleasure to have on your football team that um, he's a huge part of this. Coach, thanks. Appreciate okay, Rich. It. Thanks for having Good us, to sir. See you. Appreciate that. That's Coach Pete Carroll, Super Bowl winning head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Well, I mean, he, he went full-on answer about the Marshawn Lynch holdout. You know, I thought I was going to – he did finally get around to the coaching cliché of – uh, I'm only talking about the guys who are here. That, that's one of your favorite ones. <laughs> well, I mean, there's three of them. Right. It is what it is. Of course. I don't have a crystal ball, which is one of my favorite coaching cliches. 
when you're, you're asking what, who, when, what's going to happen when something happens, when someone may come back, what's going to happen when this person you know, comes back and the other person's taking his job or injury, what do you do? I don't have a crystal ball, guys. Guys, I don't have a crystal ball. That's my favorite coaching cliche there. Um, and then, and then it's the, uh, it is what it is. I don't have a crystal ball. And then I can only control what you, what I can control, or you can only control what you can control. <laughs> and the cousin of that, that comes out only once a summer and summertime is I'm only talking about the guys who are here. Right. Cause that only comes up this first week when the holdouts kind of trickle out. Yeah. It's usually a summer. It could be spring, you know, if they don't show up to the mandatory OTAs. Couldn't happen in spring. I'm only talking about the guys who are here. That, I can just um, picture Belichick every time you say that. I absolutely. just see Bill Belichick, and then, they, and then they don't even say his name. They, <laughs> call, they it down. right. They the refer player. to them yeah. as the player, <laughs> the, the, the tuna, the player. <laughs> right, right. But Pete, Pete, he gave us the full answer, and then finally got around to. I'm only, you know, I can only talk about the guys who are here. And I mean, listen, uh, you know, there's, there's. There's both sides you could see, and I don't know what's going to happen. Like I said, you could figure, you could try. We could spend from here to the end of our eternities trying to figure out what Marshawn Lynch is thinking and how it makes him tick. Rich, you you don't have a crystal ball. I don't have a crystal ball, <laughs> but right now it is what it is for Seattle, and they're going to go and, and put their 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 backups in there and see what they can do. Um, so that's that's uh, Pete Carroll, and here's my conversation now with Denver head coach John Fox. Well, back in graduate school, I was taught never to start an interview with a how does it feel question, how do you feel type question. But with you, John Fox, it is more germane than anything else. How do you feel right now? I, I feel great. Got yeah. a clean bill of health. Uh, you know, I thought I was pretty healthy when I came back four weeks post-op, but, you know, I'm 150% better than then. And, uh, you know, very energized and ready for the 2014 season. Because, obviously, the coaching profession isn't uh, conducive to, I guess, a healthy lifestyle sometimes right, because right. of the number of hours you put in, the pressure, the 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 crucible of coaching how how have you been able to i guess change your lifestyle well really my issue was not a lifestyle issue it wasn't like i had bypass because i had clogged artery arteries mm -hmm. or anything but it was just a valve that i was born and only had uh, uh two flappers and i needed three so uh <laughs> they, they got me fixed up and you know i'm rare and ready to go so what what are you looking at for this training camp Day one now is in the books. What is your plan, I guess, for what you want to get out of this training camp for the Broncos? Well, in the NFL now, I mean, even as I stood, you know, in front of that team at the end of the 2013 season, is you know, there's change, and uh, you know, we lost some uh, some important cogs on the way. Uh, we've got them uh, rehabbed and ready to go. We lost six starters; they're all returning. Uh, we went out in free agency. John Elway and his staff uh, did a tremendous job, and you know, a little bit of uh, uh, talent to both offense and defense. So. Uh, we're excited about that. We've been working with this bunch all through the offseason, and uh, you know they took a month off and came back last night and came back in tremendous shape. Yeah, obviously, you got Ward to leave with Demarcus Ware. Clearly, you know we, we we know what he can do on the field. What do you think he can do for Von Miller specifically? Well, you know, I think you know you're always looking for leadership. You know, and there's lots been made of what Peyton Manning can, has done with our offense, and you know we think Demarcus, TJ, and Akeem, for that matter, can you know, add some of that attitude uh, and leadership to our defense. And in DeMarcus's case, uh, on with Vaughn, I mean, Vaughn is a Texas guy, grew up, uh, went to A&M, and, you know, really DeMarcus has been kind of a hero of his, uh, you know, in the state of Texas all those years growing up. So, 
Uh, he's been following him around like a little puppy, and I say that affectionately, and uh, will be nothing but great help uh, to Vaughn. With you um, coming off of a championship conference season and what happened in the Super Bowl, how do you as a coach turn the page to make sure there's no hangover on that front? Well, I mean, truth be told, if, if you don't win your last game, there's disappointment. Uh, go back to our first year, we lost to New England in the divisional round. Uh, two years ago, losing to Baltimore here at home in the divisional round, and, and this year losing to uh, Seattle in the Super Bowl. So uh, it's still the same end result. You don't win your last game. And until you do, uh, there's going to be disappointment. So that's the goal every year. It'll be no different this year. What is it like having Peyton Manning run onto the field of a training camp as a head coach where you just sort of, is there a sense of ease or is this a sense of... Uh, well, it does give you confidence. Relaxing? No, it gives you or? confidence. I mean, uh, you know, I've, I've said all along in my career, you show me a great coach, I'm going to show you great players. And uh, there's no question he's a great player. And really, uh, this will be our third season with him. And uh, uh, he ceases to amaze me. Uh, his approach to the game, whether it's the offseason, uh, you know, game week preparation, training camp preparation, uh, he looks great. You know, I think he's in the best shape he's ever been in. And, uh, um, you know, the guy marvels you every day. Coach? Appreciate the time. All right, Thank Rich. You. Always a pleasure, buddy. Same here. That's right, John yeah. Fox, the head coach of the AFC champion, Denver Broncos. He looked good, guys. I'm serious. He looked good. He looked trim. He looked fit. He was fired up, ready to go. It's amazing to think that last year, you know, he missed missed a few games. Yeah. Serious, serious condition that happened when he was in North Carolina. And what he said, I love how he described it. Because <laughs> I think we had Dr. Oz on talking about when he's, the heart surgery that that that's right we did have dr oz that, that week yeah. that he was going through <laughs> he wasn't selling any the, magic pills thankfully on our show. Right, the, that's right maybe dr oz <laughs> was talking about the aortic valve replacement blah 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 <laughs> fox just basically said listen i had only two flappers i needed a third i was born without it was it wasn't a lifestyle thing i needed two flappers they needed three flappers. <laughs> that's that's the te- technical term. Aortic valve right. <laughs> I don't know if you saw. Did you see that picture that um, Jay Glazer tweeted out uh, yesterday morning? I believe yeah, he was he riding shotgun. riding shotgun with Fox yeah, driving. Hey, he was there. I saw him there too. He, you know, he's presenting Strahan. Yeah, that's amazing. By the way. Yeah, well, he's presenting Strahan. Well, so Glazer's going to be in a top-down convertible parade in Canton, Ohio. Of course he is. <laughs> Sitting next to Strahan. That might be the party to go to Saturday night, There's the no Strahan Glazer party. No question. Oh, I, know. I, I know who's the, head, the, uh, the headliner. I don't know if I'm allowed to say. Oh, can we break it. some news here? Oh, nah, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say. I, I could guess a few. I mean, it's got to be go a New York it. artist. Go for um, it. I, you got to think either it's Jay-Z, Nas, or... I think. I mean, I'm thinking. You think maybe, so? You think those guys are big rap guys? I think Strahan and uh, I think Glazer too. Oh, really? Hmm. Could I be? Are we in the right genre, Rich? Uh, I can't. I can't. I don't want to give any hints, but you didn't. You didn't name the person. Okay. It, it's not Bruce Springsteen opening. No, but I'm thinking those guys are more kind of rockers. John Legend, maybe it might be John Legend. I no actually, idea. I have no idea. I feel. I feel a John Legend coming on. Well, John Legend played uh, Jerry Rice's years ago did he i i the first time nfl.com ever used one of my photos was my first trip to hall of fame when snoop dog oh, came yeah, out for right. dion's and i'm like three feet from snoop and i got the contact high i think i still and have those email those emails in my nfl network email yeah. <laughs> that's still the, that's still the party to be topped when dion and marshall um 
combined forces. Right. And Snoop Snoop showed for Dion and Nelly. And Nelly for Marshall. Marshall. Right. That's right. Wow. It's ridiculous. Oh man. In Canton, Ohio. <laughs> I think that's the first time Rich looked over ridiculous. to me and gave me the "What more can I do for you?" Right. <laughs> the first of many. The first of many. The first that of happened. many. <laughs> the first of many. That was a first good time. All right, let's come back now here to Seattle. Uh, and to give you a, uh, a visual, as you'll hear from the start of this conversation, uh, I was standing a camera left, as they would say. So if you're seeing a screen, I'm camera left. Richard Sherman was camera right. And in the middle of us was Earl Thomas. Uh, half the Legion of Boom. Uh, fittingly, uh, right next to me, we have Earl Thomas manning the middle of this interview and then shutting down that portion of the frame, Richard Sherman. And just so you know, I don't, I don't travel. I stay... I stay on this side. Does that work with the whole uh, operation? Is this fine if I don't travel? We don't have to travel. We don't have to travel. We have so many pieces back there. Everybody brings something to the table. That's the way it works. You know, right? just, bring, just bring your part to the table. That's it. Well, that's what I'm attempting to do right now, although I don't, I don't know if I came out of the blocks too, too fast or not. But just with you guys and what you guys represent for the team, we all know, you know Russell is, and, and Marshawn, we'll get to in a minute, are in many ways the face of the offense. In the defense, you guys in the back have a certain responsibility. What do you think that responsibility is? Just being who we are, setting the tone, understanding what we bring to the table. And everybody has a particular thing that they're, they're great at. So every game you have to bring what you're great at. He's great at taking the ball away. Cam's great at enforcing the ball. Uh, being a great enforcer in the middle. I'm great at controlling the deep third. So if we all play and bring what we can bring to the table, we're unbeatable. Where do you stand on that subject, Richard? I feel the same way. You know, everybody everybody brings a different element to our defense. He brings a, a passion, the intensity. You know, Cam brings the, the menace, the, the anger. You know, Max brings some, some, some youth and, you know, some, some playmaking ability. And I just try to do my part, you know, with the mental side of it. We stay locked in together and, and on the string. And, you know, it works out good. We just, we just do our part to make sure the continuity of the defense is there. And what, what about the, I guess, now the next year? Now that everybody... Not that you guys, even in the last year or so, could have taken anyone by surprise, but now you guys have the Pro Bowl rep as well as the actual Pro Bowl right. to go with it, and All-Pro. Right. What about this year now coming in with the Super Bowl under your belt? Well, well nothing's really, nothing's going to change. It's, a, it's just a different level of understanding. We've been making Pro Bowls, we've been making All-Pros, so that's nothing new to us. We're just so satisfied and grateful for the pure opportunity to be playing football. This is a child's game, and we have fun out here. We celebrate with each other, and the thing that separates us from everybody else is the way we communicate out here. It's second and none. Who's the most competitive of the unit? Oh, that's hard to say. He's, he's up there as he's grinning. I mean, he's... <laughs> it, it, is that, is that it, true? It's regardless of any sport, ping pong, tennis, table tennis, hockey, air hockey, regular air hockey. hockey. Anything. You know, I was brought up that way. I'm based on hard work, no shortcuts, and I feel like I'm the ultimate competitor. So I, I just carry myself like that. Uh, I didn't have to be a champion to win a Super Bowl. I always thought I was a champion, right. you know, but to everybody else, you have to prove that you're a champion. But when you always carry yourself like a champion, everything else is going to fall in place. But you're no wallflower and, and the competitive flower. Oh, no, we, we, we have none. You know, I think that's the mindset, and I think that's, those are the kind of guys that, that Pete brings in, you know, very hyper-competitive guys in any kind of situation so that when it comes down to one-on-one -on -one matchups, 
everybody takes pride in what, what they do and really does everything they can to win their one-on-one -on -one matchups to not let the defense down. I think that's, that's what makes our defense different. And everyone knows your, your story in particular, Richard. I mean, you were a first-round draft choice. You were not. And what you have become is one of the best in the business. Now that you have, I guess, a contract to go with that, where do you see your game going? Richard? Uh, being consistent, you know, and us in the back end, we have a standard, you know, everybody lives up to the standard. So we don't, we don't, we don't really pay attention to what other people think or what, where other people places. We always feel like we the best. He feels like he the best free safety in the game. I feel like I'm the best corner. Cam feels like he's the best strong safety. Max feels the same way on the other side. And that's where, where we're at. We set the bar for ourselves and we go chase it. You know, they can put everybody else wherever they want them, but we're chasing a different bar. Where you guys, um, obviously we're, we in the media are going to fixate on Marshawn Lynch every day. He's not here. Day one, what are your thoughts with Marshawn not being here? Oh, uh, he's a, he's a very unique person. He's different. You know, he, you don't we don't know what he's going through. So all we can do is support him as a teammate. You know, you just want to treat all your teammates well, and he means a lot to this organization. And I'm pretty sure him and Pete is going to work everything out. What about you, Richard? Yeah, I feel the same way. You know, he we we have no no. We have no reason to believe he won't be in shape. You know, he'll, he'll be ready to go whenever he comes. You know, he's been a great teammate. He'll continue to be a great teammate and a great workhorse for us. And, you know, I don't think he's missing very much. You know, it's not like in the preseason in, in camp, he gets a lot of reps. So I'm sure he's, you know, staying in shape wherever he's at and they'll, they'll get it worked out. So um, when it all comes down to it, what's it going to feel like first night? Green Bay's in, whole country's watching. You're raising a banner. Have you guys thought about that? I thought about every game is the championship opportunity. That's, when we won a Super Bowl last year, it felt like a regular game. So why? Did it really? Yes. I, you know what I was doing when the confetti was going down? I said, where's the restroom? I had to use the restroom. <laughs> like, I'm being honest. Well, I don't know if we should go into further detail. You know I'm just saying, like, I wasn't, I wasn't, I was caught up in the moment of, mm -hmm. we won a Super Bowl, but it, it didn't wow me like it did everybody else, I guess. I'm not, like, it's, that's how we're supposed to do that to me. You know, if you are who you say you are, and that's how we feel. You know, that's that's the that's the confidence and that's the the work ethic. Everybody goes out here and goes up, put, puts 110 on the field, and every game's a championship opportunity. So you know, it was just our last championship opportunity that happened to culminate the whole deal. Last question for you. Uh, this is obviously a next man up mentality. Always compete. We know that here, um, and many many times that happens within your unit. You're a perfect example of that too. Uh, should there be a next man up? You mentioned my 40 time Earl. Do you think I have? an LOB type status that resides within this chest. I saw your 40, yeah. so you have a little bit of soul. Okay. So I think you have a chance to play in the secondary, maybe the nickel, the nickel position. Nickel. Nickel so position. So passing situations. I don't know situations. about the corner spot because we have tall, long guys like this. It's an island. It's very tough. Right. Your hip's kind of tight. Yes, that's true. Your hip's kind of tight, so I don't know if you can Guilty flip in and charged. out of your breaks. Right. It's a lot of space in there, though. You know, we. We just got to make sure we know where our help is and, and know where our leverage side is. But, I, you know, I, I play from the neck up like <laughs> you guys. You know, I know, I mean, Michigan is sort of the Stanford of the Midwest. So, you know, I know Texas, we don't, need, we don't need to talk about Rose Bowl. Great football. That's okay. <laughs> Great football program. We don't, Michigan and Stanford, Texas football is where it's at. I know. All right, well, listen, if, you know where I am. Can we live for a little while? Y'all been living for a long time. Can we live? <laughs> Give us our five <laughs> seconds of play. Right, DBU. DBU. We Good stole your you. coach. Good to see you. Earl Thomas. Richard Sherman. Thank you. Thanks. And I, I'm around if you need me. We got you, man. You me. Thank you. There you have it. So that's a fun conversation. Good times with, uh, with those two guys who were got, they got paid. They got paid. But that's another thing, too, is that with this team, you don't get the sense of any sort 
of uh, complacency. I mean, if you think about it, those guys got paid, they won a Super Bowl, and they just looked like they're ready to tear the rest of the league a new one. Yeah. You know, and that's just this, this, there's so many chips on shoulders here. And in the, in, the, in the Seattle Times today, in this paper, they had four different preseason publications, some of them I've never heard of, and pointed out how none of them picked Seattle to repeat. Hmm. You know, I mean, everybody, I was asked by a local uh, radio post, uh, I was on a, uh, a radio show here, saying that the perception is that the rest of the country loves to hate the Seahawks. Huh. Isn't that like, isn't that incredible? Like, what a difference that. one year makes. But I don't believe that for a second. Yeah, I, I always you thought think the rest of the country hates. The no, I think the Seahawks are like kind of a, a lovable team. In, I mean, I think most people. Really? I know the Aaron Andrews Richard Sherman conversation put Richard Sherman in a different plateau of being, uh, you know, having uh, having his name known and recognized. I think. And, yeah, I think, and, and maybe notorious to certain people based uh, on people hate know, the Patriots, the people hate the Cowboys. Yeah, but I, I think there's I Seahawks. think there's some college football fans who root for NFL teams that don't like Pete Carroll. They don't like the way USC conducted themselves during those years and the way they just kind of ran rampant through college football. Uh, I, I think that's kind of left over, and then Richard Sherman has kind of taken it to a whole other level here. Yeah, it's interesting, Rich. You said four publications picked them not to the last. The last Super Bowl team that won a playoff game was the 2005 Patriots. They beat the Jaguars. That's the last time a Super Bowl team just is to even win a single playoff. Just game? to win a playoff game. I wouldn't even. That's just. I haven't even heard wow. that before. In the following are season. In the following season. Are you sure about that, Latex? Are yeah. You sure about that. Unless, wow. unless, unless television was wrong today, which it could be. In the following season. Yeah. Because. A lot of them missed it. The Patriots missed it. The uh, Packers didn't make it back. The Steelers didn't make it back. Uh, the Ravens yeah. last year. I just, I, I, I've told you before, I think this team is going to win it again. I just feel it. Wow. What was the dynamic when you're... I really do feel it. Guys, I feel wow. it. Wow. I feel it. That... I feel it. They're that good. What's the I dynamic? This goes really good, but... I just feel it, and I just don't think. And you, you know, we've talked. I talked about this before too. Is I think we're going to find out this team is has a national following. It's not just some cult community up here. Yeah, these, I agree. These fans not only, and not, they, they all can't just travel from Seattle everywhere and show up in droves. They all just don't show up from Seattle. I mean, they, you know, I, I'm sure there's a lot of Seattle and Pacific Northwest transplants that live elsewhere. But, yeah. I mean, the, the fans showing up everywhere. But you guys saw it, right? New York was overrun with Seattle Oh, yeah, New fans. York was overrun. Arizona, when Rich was there for yeah. TNF, he said was overrun. But Super Bowl, you got to discount that because, I mean, how many times has Seattle made Super Bowls before, right? I mean, not many, and, and fans of, of organizations that, that rarely make Super Bowls. Yeah, but that's a pricey go, trip. They go, yeah. I know, I, I, I know, I know. But you never know when they're going to make it again. That's true. Yeah, yeah. That's no, true. you're right. What was the dynamic like, because you just talked to both the guys, um, Richard Sherman gets all of the attention and the publicity and is obviously one of the best, if not the best corners in the league. But most, if you ask most people, they'll say Earl Thomas is the reason he can do what he does and why that defense works. Does, well, do you, you heard in the conversation I asked who's the most competitive, and Sherman deferred to Earl Thomas on the spot. Yeah. So uh, I think that there is mutual admiration and love. I don't think there's any issues here. On Nothing. That front. That's good. I mean, that's no. I don't sense hear. it. 
I don't sense it. And it is so laid back here. I mean, there are other organizations that have won Super Bowls in the NFL that just, you know, uh, it's it's a little bit. Let's just put it a little bit more rigid when you show up to their facilities. Well, you. I mean, everyone here it, today was just like another day in the park, as opposed to you. You would definitely not think this is a Super Bowl winning team, <laughs> just based on how loosey goosey it is here. I'm well, and that serious, go, and that starts at the top, right, with Pete. I mean, that's got her. Yeah, I mean, he's got her. Yeah, uh, or as it's Hank, or as Hank called working. him, America's youngest teenager. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of stepdad is Pete Carroll? <laughs> oh my goodness! You should have so told him that. Those interviews here in um, in um, in Seattle. Let's finish up with my uh, my chats. There's one real quick with Wes Welker because uh, in the middle of it, you'll even hear an edit. The uh, siren went off because there was lightning in the area in Denver. Um, so it was a real quick interview, and then right back to back after Wes is my chat with John Owen. I'm here with a Pro Bowl wide receiver of the Denver Broncos, Wes Welker. Good to see you, sir. Good to see you, Rich. How are you? Absolutely good. How about yourself? I am hanging in there. It's training Thanks. camp. It's always good to see guys with helmets and pads doing football things yeah. this time of year. What is it like for you? Now I guess your break is over and you're back to work. What's it like? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it came quick. Uh, that's all I know. Mm-hmm. Um, I was telling my wife, I was like, I can't believe it's already here, but I'm excited it's here and looking forward to this year and looking forward to uh, a lot of the additions we've made and everything like that and, and uh, just ready to get to work. Well, obviously, in addition, uh, being Emmanuel Sanders in, Eric Decker out, how is that affecting the wide receiving core from your point of view? Um, not really affecting at all. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, guys leave, guys come in. Um, it's, it's part of the game and, and guys just got to step up and and really just trying to get him on the same page with us and Peyton and everything else. And uh, he's picking it up really well and, and uh, looking forward to having, having him out there. At this point last year, all of us in the media were, were wringing our hands over how Peyton Manning was going to divide the football up amongst the receiving core. And then it worked out pretty darn well. And we weren't even talking about Julius Thomas at the time at this point last year. Right. What, what, what was it like for you going through the offense for the first time with Peyton Manning at the controls? Um, it, it was awesome. You know, um, he, he really does a great job of, of reading the coverages and, and finding the open guy. And, and uh, you know, when, when you have weapons like we do, um, you know, it, it makes it easy just to kind of read the coverage and whatever they're giving us, they're giving us. And, and uh, we're going to that guy. And, and uh, it's, it's been good to, good to have that. Any similarities between him and Tom Brady? Yeah, I think you know their their leadership skills and and um, you know their preparation in the games and different things like that. Um, You know, there's a lot of similarities there. And uh, your personal goals? You want to? Are you a goal setter? Just do you write them down? Do you do that? Um, I am a goal setter in a way, but really, um, what it comes down to me is 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 just going out there and playing every play the best of my ability and playing as hard as I can and. And uh, everything usually takes care of itself when you do that. So that's your way of not sharing your goals publicly? or Basically. Basically, because I'm trying to pry about these goals know, right now. I mean, I'm trying very hard They're right very, now. Very, very secretive. They're private? Yeah, yeah very private. Well, then I guess I'll have to remain yeah. that, Wes. Yeah, I guess so. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, I appreciate, appreciate it. it. I appreciate think it's it. about to pour rain, so let's get Wes Welker out of here. I'm here with Hall of Famer John Elway, the top football man in this organization here in Denver, Colorado. Good to see you, John. Rich, good to see you. I'm, I'm glad to be seen. Um, <laughs> obviously, the training camp um, has a lot of excitement to it, but this year it's a totally different story with the announcement uh, in regards to Pat Bowen no longer having day-to-day control of the team. We were very emotional talking about it yesterday, day later. 
Uh, I'd love to just pick your brain on your thoughts. You know, I think that, that you know, it's uh, you know, we kind of knew that day was coming at some point in time, but I think with the realization and having really the questions asked and having to answer it, I think the the emotions can't got to me, and I think that uh, you know, because of my what I think of Pat Ball and what he's meant to this city, what he's meant to this organization, what he meant to to me in my career, um, you know, is uh, we really can't repay him for all that. So. You know, it was a tough day, but, uh, you know, he's turned it over into good hands and, and Joe Ellis, and, and uh, you know, hopefully we're going to continue to run this the way that uh, he would run it if he were here every day. We're hoping that he still is able to come in at times, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, just talking to people around here, it sounds like he has some good days. He does, know, yeah. So he'll be able to come in, but we'll have to play that by ear. But uh, he will be missed because he was, a, he was the pillar in this organization for 30 years, and We'll, uh, we'll miss seeing him every day. Yeah, and I was talking to um, Tom Jackson, who was here for another network, and he was saying that he remembered how Pat would be sometimes in better condition than some of the players on the team. That he was one of the he, he could have actually gone out there and run faster than some of the players that you he know, was paying. You're right. He could have. You know, he was a you know a triathlete, did that for many years, and I think that that's you know why he had that uh, competitive edge that he had. I think he has over the other owners, and the fact that he was a competitor and did compete like that, and and uh, stayed in great shape, so um, you know that we will miss. What's what's your favorite moment? That your memory, I guess, if somebody. Well, said I mean, it, I think that there's there's several of them, but I think you know the the, the one that I, sticks out the most is when when he handed me the trophy in Super Bowl 32 and said mm -hmm. this one was for John. I mean, that was um, even though he surprised me, I surprised me when he said that. Um, it was still the most special moment that I've ever had, uh, other than my kids being born, is being able to hold on to that Lombardi trophy because after 15 years. We finally got there, and it took us a long time to get there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that, there you have it. John Elway is essentially, uh, you know, Mike Silver said, after because Silver was there too, that Elway has the moves that they made in the offseason were to get tougher, mm -hmm. to hit back when they're hit. And, if you know, even better to do the hitting first, like the team here in Seattle. And, you know, Akib Tlaib and T.J. Ward are that, and, and DeMarcus Ware, to put on the opposite end of Von Miller um, is, is exactly what they're looking for. And you know who was also there coaching the defensive backs for the next three weeks? No. Rod Woodson. Rod. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. They come to stroll off the film. Like, oh, it looks like Rod Woodson. <laughs> it was Rod. You know, because Fox was his position coach in Pittsburgh back in the day. Ah. And so Did he goes way that. back with John Fox. And, and he... or as he calls him, Johnny Fox. <laughs> And, you know, and so he's there for three weeks um, coaching up those two guys. And he looked at me at one point. He goes, this defense is going to be really, really good. And, 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 you know, from what I've heard, DeMarcus Ware being has been brought in not just, you know, for his pass rushing abilities, which the Broncos clearly think he still has. But, I mean, Von Miller's got some growing up to do. And some. Yeah. And 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 I, the Marcus Ware has been brought in. It appears to sort of uh, I, I don't know if it's to teach him how to be a pro might be too harsh a phrase. But I don't know. Certainly no. remind him, remind him what yeah. time it is. Sometimes wow. literally, if it's late at night. Vani <laughs> <laughs> football. And so uh denver you know elway and those guys are they're more excited because I, I think everybody just expects the offense is fine manning's out there he had 55 touchdowns last year he looks good he's he really does look good right you said you expect him to throw 50 again there's no question 
I wrote that in, in the uh, MMQB for Peter King. There's no question. Man. There's no doubt. What was and the anyone you think like Emmanuel Sanders isn't going to just fit in seamlessly in this offense or one of the kids that they drafted? I mean, Peyton Manning. Let's let's, let's be honest. Wasn't Blair White catching touchdowns for Indianapolis for a yeah. while? No, totally. Right? How many guys? How many guys has Peyton Manning uh, had to put their name on the NFL map? I mean, I mean, I'm not concerned about that at all. Last year, we were even. I, I mentioned to what Welker, we were all wringing our hands. How is Peyton Manning going to split up the football with Wes Welker there? How is he going to split it up? He's going to throw it to a guy that we weren't even talking about in Julius Thomas. Never even heard of. Right. This point last year, anybody talking about him? Nope. Third-year basketball player in the NBA. In never, the NFL. never heard of him. So, you know, and it's interesting. Again, the AFC West plays the NFC West. They're going to play him. Everyone's going to play everybody. It's just great. The two what? divisions... The two divisions, one division sending three teams, the other one basically having the de facto Super Bowl as their conference championship game last year. You That's going to be exciting. And then how's the organization doing with the, the Pat Boland news, obviously, too? Well, I mean, they're broken up. Tom Jackson was there from ESPN. Yeah. You know, TJ is a, a, goes way back to the Orange Crush days, and he was he was broken up. He was broken up about it. Man, L.A., you saw, was, you know, was broken up about it. Everybody was. That's Apparently, a, though, he still has good days and, you know, will be around. But in terms of day-to-day, it's over. Yeah, that's a tough thing. Mm. Yeah, it is. You know, and so that was a big story this week, certainly, in, in Denver. But uh, it's been an interesting uh, two days, and I'm heading to uh, Oxnard to see the Cowboys in a couple of days. Yeah, that should be fun. We, we'd be remiss if we didn't ask you, too. Obviously, the big other story was the Ray Rice stuff and the penalty yeah. that came down. Kind of the thoughts on that. i I got to be honest. I'm, I'm surprised at how uh, at how uh, lenient the two-game suspension is. I, I wish it was longer. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. I, I'm, I, you know, certainly uh, the optics, when you compare them, even though with with uh, the drug suspensions that we have seen, anytime a player is suspended for drugs, it is a frequently a th- it's got to be a third time violation. You don't even know when the first two are, mm-hmm. right? Or mm-hmm. any 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 anything in the drug policy. If somebody loses games, it's a multiple offense. Whereas in the personal conduct, obviously with Ray Rice, it was a first time offense, and and the judge did not. The judge effect, if you think about it, the judge in this case um, says to Ray Rice, you're accepted into some counseling program that if he completes, this thing is expunged from his record like it never happened. Yeah, that's the only only evidence of this will be that horrible video. Right. Which there's dragging his wife or his fiance out of the elevator. That's going to be the only evidence of this. if, if, If Ray Rice does what. We, we hope and expect him to, and, and as he says he is, is leading an upstanding life. He's going to be expunged from his record completely, which is an outrage. And it sort of yeah, it sickens gets me. A footnote, it sort of gets a footnote when the only guy to have disciplined him disciplines him in a manner that, that, is, uh, that, that definitely is too light. But at least he's been disciplined. Yeah. You can't go into speculative land. And, and a half million dollars. But, you know, I... I, I you know, I, I would I would absolutely hit him harder. There's no doubt in my mind. But I'm you know I'm that's not my pay grade. Yeah. I'm standing here in the Seattle uh, the Seattle air, and on the turf, getting ready to go to Oxnard. But yeah, I mean it's just it it's just a it's a, a horrible episode. And again, I hope Ray Rice, you know, comes correct in his life, and um, uh, and you know. 
uh, in, in a manner that that you know a, a judicial system that where listen I don't know the whole facts of all the case and what 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 he uh, essentially you know pled to or or told the judge or whatever I'm not in these meetings but the fact that he's gonna it, it never will exist on his record. I'm sure that happens in a lot of places in America. Maybe that maybe that's the what the outrage should be about is trying to fix that. Yeah. Yeah, it's an unfortunate thing. I mean, and anybody that commented on it is I mean, Harbaugh was criticized for his reaction to it and his speech. it's it's just one of those things that Well, nothing compares to Stephen A. Smith. Yeah. It's <laughs> that blew up today big that, time. That was earlier. like Anchorman. That got out of hand in a hurry. But All right. but um uh, what what else is going on in this world? Um, well, anything else it's just NFL great world? that we're at, we, that we are talking about actual football with right. helmets on and yeah. no well, more I I, helmets I, I, and pads. I, I, I tweet that out. I tweeted that. I tweet that out. And you know how many responses I got from people when I said, "Hey, it's great seeing football players and pads doing football things," and people said, tweet me back. You mean like beating your fiance? <laughs> you know, yeah. and and so this paints uh, everyone with a, 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 an ugly brush. So uh, that said, I mean, you're right. I, I'm, I, you know, because on the heels of all this is the, the Hall of Fame, where yep. we're headed. Um, and we're, we're, you know, we're televising the jacket ceremony for the first time. Yeah, Friday night. That'll air on NFL Network. Yeah, which is great. I mean, for 11 years, I've, I've seen this, and it's the most moving aspect of, of the weekend. It really, it, it, Saturday is always moving, and the speech, people always talk about how the speeches moved them and how eloquent this person was or how moving that person was. Nothing beats the jacket ceremony because the Saturday event is the day after the jacket ceremony, and they do see their busts for the first time, and that is a moving moment, and then they give their speech, which they'll never forget. Yeah. But the first moment, the first time, when the entire lead-up to the weekend becomes reality is when they see all of the guys who are in the Hall of Fame return and wave to the crowds wearing their jackets in the Canton Downtown Civic Center and then receive the jackets themselves, have it slipped on them by their presenter. And that moment is always a tearjerker for everyone. As and Doc Brown would say. Never been televised. Yeah. Well, that's that comes, uh, it's nine o'clock Eastern Friday night. That's going to be pretty. The great. Sunday thing you hosted too was my other favorite uh, hidden yeah, the, gem. It's, it's the luncheon. It's the same. Yeah, the roundtable. The dinner. It's the roundtable. It's sort of like the how how do you feel now that you're in the Hall of Fame type discussion. It's the first time these guys ever answer those questions on uh, mass. And usually with no uh, voice from a late party the night before. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's I'm sure been some times where somebody's come straight from the party. Oh, I'm sure. To the lunch. <laughs> Uh, but um, good times very much so um and good times ahead too boys hopefully uh um very good times in that regard uh, and all you know one other thing too you know the the passing of james garner really affected me yeah i don't know about you guys if you're too young because of you know the rockford five you know i or, definitely am I, I i guess my first introduction to him was um when he kind of reprised his role in the, in the movie maverick yeah, yeah where he right. put where he played mel gibson's father that was kind of the first introduction to him for me but I, I do i'm old enough to remember the rockford files and then his his polaroid commercials with the actress mariette hartley right they were very famous where they thought they were really like married and they weren't uh, but they acted like a married couple with their polaroid camera 
and not 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 like uh, Jason Siegel, Cameron Diaz type married <laughs> couple with their camera. But um, very I do remember nice that. topical joke, Rich. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Trying to bring it all together. You know, I, I really was I really was affected by that. And part of the reason why I bring this up too is I wanted to tell this story because I met James Garner once. Really, once is when you know before Susie and I when we dated long distance first because we. We met in the ESPN newsroom in the late 90s, and then she uh, moved out to California where she launched the uh, Southern California Sports Report for the Regional Sports Network of Los Angeles. She was the first anchor of, uh, of, you know, the, uh, of, the, of all these Fox Sports directionals, uh, the one in Los Angeles. Right. And so she was working out here, and whenever I had time off from sports, then I would fly out to Southern California. So a buddy of mine... A buddy of mine came, offered me to play at Bel Air Country Club. He nice. haunted uh, Valhalla, hallowed grounds at, in um, in Westwood in Bel Air, you know, just north of Westwood. Mm-hmm. And you know, I go there and I'm like, it's my eyes are, are wide open, you know, not only just because it's such a, you know, a, a, such a, a famous place in Los Angeles to play golf, but there's a lot of celebrities that are members of the club, and I just thought to myself, you know. Maybe I'll see one, right? Okay. So I'm a little awestruck, a little starstruck. I tee off on the first fairway. It's a raised tee box. You hit it. You hit it basically towards the UCLA campus. You could see in the distance. And I hit it in the fairway right. I slice it a little bit. I'm nervous. Plus, I'm not good. And your golf shirt's weighing you down. Give golf shirt, yes. But I'm, you know. But that's fine to wear a golf shirt there. I don't need a broadcast <laughs> I'm <one>. Just kidding. <laughs> At any rate, so I'm, <laughs> I slice it a little bit, and and the first fairway runs next to the 18th fairway. And as I'm standing over my golf ball, a golf cart comes careening up from the 18th fairway into my fairway as I'm getting ready to hit the ball. And some guy goes, "Wait a minute!" And I look up. And it's James Garner. <laughs> yes. That's unbelievable. In a golf cart, <laughs> holding a golf ball in between his thumb and forefinger and saying, is this your ball? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, no, sir. This is my ball. And he goes, because somebody's hitting my f-ing ball. <laughs> and drives off. <laughs> And the crazy thing is Matt Davis was driving the golf cart. Wow. Wow. And I'm like, so I'm like thinking my whole time, like, maybe I'll see a celebrity out there. One shot in to the round. One shot into the round. James Garner in a golf cart driven by Matt Davis, a, you know, the quarterback from North Dallas 40, famous songwriter who wrote, you know, In the Ghetto for, for Elvis. That's crazy. I'm going up and he's cursing at me. <laughs> That's great. That's one of my favorite stories. That's fantastic. It was fantastic. What year was he this? Rest in peace. Oh gosh, this had to be the early, um, early aughts. Like two like thousand? Yeah, two thousand one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What did you right shoot? What did you shoot that round? Did that I, rattle you I, I, for the I, whole round? No, I was like, <laughs> I was psyched. Like James Garner just cursed me out for somebody hitting his ball for a two dollar Titleist one. Yeah, but he just like held a ball like he was like. 
his face was all scrunched up. He was really pissed. <laughs> like, right in his thumb and forefinger, just jammed in my face. This your ball. Uh, that's great. That's awesome. But that, of, course that, I, I, of course, I looked down immediately at the ball. I, I was almost sure it was, I had a check. Yeah, of course. Was, yeah. <laughs> of course. Thankfully, it was actually my ball. It was. <laughs> yeah, the New York, the New York Times obit for James Garner was, was, was stellar. Yeah, was I stellar. That. And it's just great. And it made me want to go back and, and watch some of these old mo- old films. Oh, and you should the, watch the Rockford Files. And the Rockford Files, yeah, totally. But the Americanization of Emily is one that I've never seen before that Garner said was his favorite. And it was written by Patty Chayefsky, who wrote Network, which I don't know oh, again, yeah. if you guys have, I've have seen gone it. ahead. And, yeah, and I watched, watched I've as watched your, it. As your homework assignment for being in this profession, which you must. <laughs> and um, and so I, I've never seen it. i got to go watch it. That's one of the things I was... I will definitely have to. Well, you got a couple of flights coming up, so. Yes, I do. I do. One to Ohio coming up very shortly, and uh, and then a car ride up to uh, up to Oxnard, California, to see the Cowboys. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. Do we have an international shout out? Do we have one? Well, if you want to tap dance for two seconds, I can. Oh my uh... God! How am I tap dancing? I've been. I've been. Well, I was I was engrossed in this James Garner story. I mean, what do you want me to do? Should I get John Clayton on? He's pacing around too on the phone. <laughs> you know, I don't know if he's—I don't know if he's got clearance from ESPN to come on the podcast. John Clayton, I, I yep. saw him at uh, at Combine, and I, I definitely had to double check for the ponytail, and it wasn't there. It's not there. I it's not there. It. Oh, that would be amazing if he actually—if that whole commercial was true, it'd be the greatest thing. Ever. Oh, Rich, I will. I will. Uh, uh, I was skeptical of it. You bashed it flat out. <laughs> The burger draft. Yeah, the burger. Oh, can yes, I can I get a yes. mea culpa on the burger draft from you guys? It was a blast. It was a lot of fun. I gotta be full full disclosure. We had a, we had a really fun time. Happy birthdays to you both. Thank you. Thank you. And, yeah. and so, in case, so, all right. So, so go ahead, tell me about. It. In case you missed it, full recap written on chrisbrockman.com right oh, now, okay. where you where you can check all that out. So like like I said, we went to Twenty Six Beach in uh, Marina Del Rey. Famous for their exotic burgers. So we get there. There's 10 of us. Apparently, Jimmy Kimmel and Snoop Dogg had just been there. They shot something for Jimmy Kimmel Live there. Oh, really? Yeah, I just found that out. their burger draft. Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe. I think uh, I think Snoop's having a different type of draft. <laughs> yeah. I know. Um, and so we get there. They've got, you know, 30 burgers on the menu. You kind of go through. They're really exotic looking. Uh, and then everyone kind of goes through and makes their choice. And then when the burgers come out in front of you, they're cut in half. And like I said, then we draw uh, draft selections out of the hat, and you pick. People were wheeling and dealing. There oh, were, yeah. There were trades we're going on. beers for a quarter of this burger. Yeah, it was crazy. I still don't understand what it's for. Well, I don't understand. What do you mean a burger draft? Okay, so, so it's you, like you, you pick a you, burger. So, like, say I picked the New York Mile High, it was called. It was yes, a, okay. They're all, they're all beef patty-based, and then they have toppings on top. So the New York burger had corned beef. And so even if so, if I wanted to taste that burger, I had to. Well, you, well you had to. It depended on your draft position. So I selected that burger, but it went. Both halves went in the top four picks, and I picked number six. So I didn't get to even eat the burger that I chose. Yeah, but it's. So you could so just go, or you could just go and. And eat the burger. Oh, uh, but it's but it's fun because yeah, but it makes it fun because you, you know you're you're kind of like oh man, I wanted that choice. Do you and order it's taken. a tasty burger? Do you order a disgusting looking burger so right. somebody gets stuck with that? Right. Burger? So law law <laughs> being the hillbilly that he is, uh, selected the peanut butter and jelly burger, and 
That ended oh, up being Lord. right to try to screw someone who had a high pick, thinking that one of the halves would last uh, on the back end of the snake, which it did. And then, did you end up getting a I piece ended up, of it? I didn't. I didn't draft it, but uh, I ended up wanting to try it because the people that got it said it was actually delicious. So I traded a quarter of one of my sandwiches for this, and it was delicious. Yeah, but, it's just kind of a way to or spice you could just up. Go a and eat, eat like <laughs> Rich, you got to get into the moment. It's a way to spice up just a regular dinner. It's it, you know, it's competition wise. Yeah, it was competitive. There was there was wheeling and dealing. Yeah, I'm wheeling and dealing. People were pissed at his, like their our buddy Eric. I I made him he. He's like, oh, I could eat another one of these. And I challenged him. I'm like, I don't think you could. And I was going to pay his entire tab if he could. So, so we got, like, side bets going on if you could eat another whole burger. It was fantastic. Like I said, if you're skeptical, check out the recap on chrisbrockman.com, and you'll be convinced. All Try right. it with your buddies. Trust me. <laughs> it was great. You, ha- you had to be there. I mean, you, yeah, have, you, to did, be you did have to be there. Because the ultimate, you have to be there. I was right. skeptical, but in the moment, it was a lot of fun. I don't know. Yeah. They, look, they, they put us in a whole separate room. Like, they knew something was going to go down and so they just wanted us do you have to wear a golf shirt (laughs) no no golf shirt no no golf shirts no golf shirts no golf shirts no bucking cutter (laughs) (laughs) all right so I don't know my golf shirts for good reason I don't look good in them on television I don't even wear one on TV (laughs) all right do you have service in an international shout out well here's the thing it's so cold in this room rich like service you go Reykjavik you're going Reykjavik service is uh service is very very sketchy in here (laughs) man oh man I may not I may not I may not have one I may not oh wait I got one I got one how about I'm I'm doubly international says Ramsey Singer he is from the UK but living in Zanzibar and he tweeted out a picture he's uh he is wearing his punters or people t-shirt so thanks nice. a lot buddy appreciate and Zanzibar, it Zanzibar one of my favorite Billy Joel songs <laughs> UK here I come it's a great bar in Santa Monica okay guys I will see you soon yes I will see you, I will see you shortly and safe, 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 safe travels safe back. travels back brother okay guys stay listening to friends